Support for Elwood City Limits is made possible by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Email. Elwood City Limits at gmail.com. And by subscribing on iTunes and following us on SoundCloud. Thank you. And, and my free time. Ho, ho, ho. Not even close to Christmas, but we're in that month, aren't we? Hello, ho, ho. This is Will Young, the host of the podcast you're listening to. That podcast is Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast. Of course, talking about the beloved classic, you know him, you love him, children's TV show, Arthur, based on the life of Arthur. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be Will Young without... My co-host here. I wouldn't be Will Young in the context of this podcast without my co-host. That's Lucas Mancini. Well, I'm flattered to hear that, Will. Did you get your Christmas shopping done? Yes, I did. Uh, all of it. Yes, Good for you. Yesterday was the finishing touches, so now I just have to uh, wrap it all. That's my least favorite part. I think I'm three quarters of the way there. I got a little bit here and th- I got a little bit here and there, uh, but besides that, I'm just about done. Cool. It's good to. I, I started mine late. November and I have the um, I don't work nine to five so I have the benefit that I can just go shopping in like the late morning early afternoon on like a on like a Tuesday when nobody is out that sounds great yeah no it is it's really (laughs) helpful so that's uh, been a secret advantage of my job of course this is the episodic Arthur podcast hope you're enjoying whatever holiday season that you're in and now we're going to help you enjoy it a little more because we help you break down Arthur episode by episode no uh, pre-written spiel here we just kind of get into it of course the best way to uh, enjoy this podcast is to watch the episodes in question and today our episodes are Arthur's family vacation and Grandpa Dave's old country farm so make sure to seek it out however you seek out uh, flash based streaming video online of a children's cartoon Hey, not even just Flash. It, it could be Shockwave, JavaScript, whatever. Real player. If you find a real player video of Arthur, be my guest. If you find a real player video of Arthur, oh, oh, links, please. <laughs> links plus. I bet. I bet it's Christopher easier. Links plus. I, I bet it's easier than you think. I there's definitely like some old real player videos. My that's one of my favorite jokes nowadays. Or not even jokes. It's just like references to how old I am. Of just like. It's like kids will never know the struggle, and it's just real player buffering a live stream. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Leaving my computer open for like two hours to watch a five-minute video of some GameCube game on IGN. Right, right. Yeah. Or in my case, it's like to watch a two-minute uh, non-subtitled 56K render of a scene from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Linkin Park in the background. No, not even. Just, oh, just, just, just like untranslated. Just like, I got to see what Majin Buu looks like. We're not going to get him for like another four years. Yikes. That that probably wasn't worth it. No. <laughs> That's actually when I stopped watching DBZ. Okay, so let's kick it off. Arthur's Family Vacation. Started off with kind of a nice piece of music. I think it was kind of the... Um the 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 certain way in which I watched this, I think it was pitched a little bit differently than the episode was generally. I kind of, I have an ear for that kind of thing, like what like weird Ooh. when things are pitched kind of weird. So this seemed pitched a little up, maybe to avoid uh, copyright K. <laughs> so um, 
<laughs> but I thought that the music actually sounded really nice. It's a scene of uh, Buster and Arthur paddling down like a kind of rapids in the uh, Meadow Croak uh, canoe race as they're both at camp. Some continuity. A yeah. return to Camp Meadowcrook. In the, I was surprised in the same season in which Camp Meadowcrook was debuted. No, not that many episodes either. Like uh, obviously Arthur airing and you know whatever syndication PBS would allow it. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought that the like you said, very cool uh, continuity there, and I thought it was interesting, like visual continuity, because I think. The animation styles or like the storyboard artists are the same from those from that oh, episode. I did like they both they both look very similar. I think they use it's like a bit broader inking and like I I think I said before in that episode looked like it was done maybe early in the uh, in the um, in the order of episodes or at least animated by the same team. That I did notice. It did have like the look of an earlier episode yeah. in the production schedule. Uh, they also have the same Metacroak jerseys on, the green and purple. Yeah, it seems to be their uh, seems to be their their scheme. So Arthur's very excited for camp. Uh, you know, thinking he and Buster are going to win the river race for sure. But then it turns out to be Arthur's imagination that he's <laughs> narrating because what do they espy down the river but uh, a Shadow of the Colossus-sized DW. Yeah, regular, like, kaiju DW shows up on the scene. <laughs> what, are, what are the things for Pacific Rim called when you got to oh, work, they, work oh together? My, because, oh like, God. Buster and Arthur are, like, a two-person team. Jaegers? Jaegers, that's Yeah, it. that's right. Buster and Arthur got to hop in a Jaeger, finish <laughs> off giant DW. Alternately, uh, Attack on DW. Attack on DW? That exists. That that there's another episode in the future. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, uh, where I, there I, is a giant yeah, DW no, I've, gag. I've totally seen that. Yeah. Yes, I have, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Arthur uh, meme alert. So there you go. Uh, so in this uh, now clearly imagination, DW stomps on the canoe, and Buster and Arthur have to bail at the last second, and then we kind of wipe out of the uh, of the imagination to realize she's stomping on a. Uh, brochure to Camp Meadowcroak and she proceeds to jump on top of it to Arthur's dismay. Not with... a, not the most subtle symbolism. No, I'd in say. fact, not subtle at all because she proceeds to sing Guess what, Arthur? You can't go to camp. You can't go to camp. We're going on vacation. Not who I want to hear bad news from, DW. No! I, like, she'd be a terrible doctor. She'd be like the doctor from Arrested Development <laughs> that, like, always gives the bad... You know what I'm talking about? He's all, he's all right. In that we had to take his left hand off. Yes, I know exactly. He just got away from us. Went open window. I'm sorry to say this, but it's too late for me to do anything for your son. Let him keep talking. Yes, absolutely. Just like, guess what, Lucas? Your car was impounded. Your car was impounded. <laughs> oh, man, that would be rough. <laughs> That's how Arthur discovers the bad news, and of course, it's Arthur's family vacation. That's what he's going to be doing for whatever summer this is. So he's over at Buster's house while Buster is packing for Camp Meadow Croak. Uh, I noticed that uh, when Buster is packing something, he's trying to, like, you know, doing the cl- classic cartoon gag of like overstuffed suitcase, and he's trying to like push it down, and then it just kind of all flies apart, and you get the classic like poof sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Like one of those real cartoon staples of their sound catalog that probably go back as early as like tapes. Probably had that sound effect on an eight track. So Buster's 
packing and Arthur's kind of trying to figure out what he can do to make sure he goes to camp as well. Uh, Buster says, it's like, oh, I forgot. And Arthur's like, you have an idea? And he's like, no, I forgot my skateboard. <laughs> you're going to bring... Really rubbing it in. Yeah, you're going to bring you're gonna bring a skateboard to camp? Maybe it's one of those off-road skateboards from the early 2000s. Oh. Uh, with the, the big wheels. What are those called? They're not like wakeboards. That's that's mm, like that's like some no. different... I forget. Maybe they were like... I thought they were just called an off-road skateboard, but they have those maybe. big chunky wheels. Yeah, and they, I've they, only they were really big of, and then like yeah. spaced apart so I've never much. seen one in real life. I've only seen videos of them. I may have seen one in real life. I, I honestly don't know. So they kind of scheme up the idea of a pitch for Arthur to say that the vacation should be for his mom and dad while he, DW, and Kate kind of get out of their hair. Which, which is actually a solid plan. Like, as far as Buster's plans go, like, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good scheme. Because he was minimally involved and let Arthur do the rest <laughs> of the mental legwork. <laughs> True. He's the idea man. Arthur <laughs> is the the workhorse of the two. Uh, but I say, like, in this case, like, just let him go. I understand the value of family vacations and all that. But, like, if Arthur is this, like, jazzed about going to camp when, like, last year he was, like, dreading it. Like, why... Just let him go. Be with his friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that this this holiday seems a little ill-planned if you can't do both. Well, I, I think one aspect of it is that, like, Arthur's mom and dad, not only – it's probably tax season and, like, <laughs> catering business is picking up at the same time. So, like, right. Arthur's mom and dad probably don't get to spend a lot of time with their family. So I, I, it's one of those cases, I think, where the vacation's more for them than yeah. for Arthur and the kids. Or maybe Ar- uh, Arthur and DW don't quite appreciate the family time in the same way yet yeah. that Arthur's parents see it. Sure. And, you know, that's, that's a very good argument. I just wonder if uh, – I wonder if, the, if you're kind of eating a loss either way because, like, you know, have, not having Arthur with his friends, like being left out of camp, is kind of sucks. Like I imagine, and I mean, they make the most out of it. And uh, hey, as, as we'll as soon find out, they could have saved Arthur from mortal harm by not letting him go to camp. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so DW insists that her joke for the episode uh, joins them, and it's Sharky, which is a giant inflatable shark that proceeds to take Arthur out the game when she brings it into the living room. I got to say, so I tried to measure it up with how, like, so Arthur's probably, like, he's eight years old. He's probably, like, what, five feet, probably? Yeah, four, roughly, eight, four, roughly. Somewhere between, like, four, eight and five. So Sharky is towering over him. So I got to <laughs> say that Sharky's got to be anywhere from seven to, I'm going to say, ten feet. So I didn't remember this episode at all until uh. I saw Sharky. And I remembered that deal uh, detail. I was like, oh, this is the episode with Sharky in it. Yes. Does he ever make another appearance or is he just a one-off maybe, like the Toad? Maybe, but I don't – this is definitely his most prominent role. I, act- I actually would think that maybe Sharky has more visual appearances than the Toad. Sharky uh, reminds me of that Strange Addictions episode where the guy has a relationship with all the inflatable animals. Oh, jeez. Um, again, I feel like we got into some nasty territory last time, Well, the, so I'll stay away from this. But jokes, Shark- jokes on you. I cut that from the podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. You're probably going to cut this one as well. Well, let's leave it at that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur has a great setup here, and his mom like dunks on him twice. He's just like, if I'm old enough to take out the trash, aren't I old enough to choose my own vacation? 
And it, Which, you know what though? Still, like I had to give it to him. Like he's putting his best foot forward. Yeah, he's really she's really trying here. But first off, his mom's just his mom literally says, "You didn't think that was really going to work, did you?" <laughs> and was like, "It's worth a try." And I'm like, "She got him, like got him." And then a second time, she's like, "You do have a point though." And he's like, "I do." He's like, oh. "You could take out the trash and just like." Two points. Yeah, walked into that one. <laughs> yeah. Denied. Yeah, I just kind of noticed different music cues for throughout. There's like, it seemed to be much softer, almost like folksier music. Um, I, and I, like I said before, some of it maybe pitched down, so it's, or excuse me, pitched up just a little bit, so it's a bit harder to recognize from the normal music cues. But I thought that like, there's a lot more like guitar um, backing tracks, a little bit more, just kind of folk stuff. I liked the music and it kind of made it feel different than other episodes. Earthy. Yeah, sure. That 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 could work. Uh so one of dad's selling points for the vacation. Uh you know, like Arthur kind of comes in their room at night and like does a last minute Hail Mary to get himself out of this vacation. One of dad's things that he's most excited about and is trying to get everybody in on is the fact that he's going to take them out for lobster dinner. It was going to be a surprise. So this is sort of like the addition of the Arthur drinking game to this episode. Oh. Is the take a drink every time Arthur's dad mentions lobster. Yeah, and- that, that's just art that's just Arthur rules. You don't necessarily need the podcast, but man, you get a you get a solid four or five out of that one. Also, like the way Arthur's dad is obsessed with this lobster dinner in this episode, I had flashbacks to barf bags. And it's a little bit different because everybody was obsessed with barf bags in that episode. And it's just Arthur's dad because the way he says it every time – and. It, it's a running theme throughout this episode. He, it's almost cartoon, cartoonish how often he brings it up, and he brings it up with this weird tone where he's like, lobster. Like he adds a bunch of R's to the end. Well, it's cartoonish because indeed it is a cartoon, but I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, he, And he definitely escalates over time because it, <laughs> because he kind of goes from like – you know, calmly saying it till like later in the episode, he's just like lobster, <laughs> lobster, 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 and you know, as a connoisseur of the culinary arts, yes, I'm sure Arthur's dad, and we'll soon learn more about this, that he really appreciates a good lobster, uh, the delicacy that is lobster. But I also thought this might be a clue as to the geographical location of maybe Elwood City. Thinking maybe they vacationed in Maine? Right. Well, since they would have to go to a place where lobster would be like a special thing, sure. I assume they're not close to a coastline. New England? Uh, I assume they're not close to New England. and the, Well, I assume sorry, Elwood City I, isn't I'm, in New England. Oh, no. I'm, 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 in I'm, Maine. Yeah, sorry. I was guessing as to where they would vacation to. Right. Because, like, I, had a, I have a note later on that's just like they drive quite a ways out. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely out of their way over like the uh, try the trans is it the trans state highway uh, interstate the interstate excuse me but the I, interstate highway it seems that they're going on and off of I did think it was like a clue though like if they're not near the east coast they're probably again another clue pointing towards them being in the American Midwest somewhere around Illinois okay. that area yeah. That makes sense. It's starting to add up. So I had a huge gripe with this because he uses it in an advertisement and then Arthur's like, well, then maybe it could be fun. Listen, l- l- listen here. Family vacations, right? You yeah. want you want to try and cater this as much as possible to the kids or else you would take a vacation with you and the wife 
on your own. For if sure. you're including the kids, you need to like get them, keep them in mind as much as possible. Okay. Lobster dinner for an eight year old, a four year old, and a baby. No, no, none of that. No, no. Like, what eight-year-old likes lobster? I love lobster, and it took me till I was a teenager to warm up to it. Uh, it's it's tricky, right? Because we we have the perspective of we're from Nova Scotia, so we're from like one of the lobster touchstones, right? Yeah. Everybody has lobster. Right. I think it's like one of those things where in TV shows where people are like, oh, we're going to get to go to the ocean. So, and it's like this big yeah, deal because they yeah. live far away from the ocean. So I uh, I once had a exchange student from Quebec uh, stay with me, and then I stayed at his house in junior high. Okay. Um, and his family, even though young kids, were crazy about lobster. It was this oh. huge deal to them. And I remember that was the one thing when he was going back, he was like, can I bring like a bunch of canned lobster back with me to Quebec? Well, sure. And, and, that's, and, and that's why they have lobsters at the airport. Because um, some people yeah. are just like, whoa, lobster. But like little kids though, that's a hard sell. It depends on what form, right? A lobster roll isn't that weird to yeah, little But kid. they're serving him up right. like shelled uh, and uh, everything, expecting the, them the, to do all the work. The presentation later on in this episode when we actually get to the lobster reveal yeah. is a little questionable. I'll and, give you that. And to go back to something you said, are you saying that it's tricky to lobster round to lobster round to lobster round? It's tricky? <laughs> That's right. This beat is my recital. I think it's very vital. Uh, so before they leave, obviously, they do a bathroom check of, uh, you know, they're all packed up, ready to go. Sharky's on the roof. And uh, he says, did anybody have to use the bathroom? Arthur says no. Uh, DW says no. Kate says baby. And I'm just like, yo, dad, don't ask the baby. <laughs> check him. Check her yourself. And That goes we, back to bite them, too. Yeah, we, it really does. I'm just like, don't ask the baby, man. Um so we get so we get a few little vignettes of them kind of driving and different sort of stuff. Uh, DW saying that like Sharky wants to ride with them, and like the joke of the episode is that Sharky has to go absolutely everywhere with DW for some reason. And I, I loved this. Uh, so DW is like Arthur. Arthur, excuse me. Bleh. Sharky wants to sit in the car, make Arthur ride on the roof, and Arthur had the greatest little kid reaction to the idea of riding on the roof. He's just like, can I? Yeah. Because that would, that sounds awesome. I know. That was the coolest thing when you were a kid of just like, what would it be like if I had a seatbelt on the roof? <laughs> Arthur, a big Death Proof fan. Yeah, for real. Like, I would, I was like the same thing. Just like, I wish I could ride on the roof. Um, Kate's got some, Kate's got some cool shades. She does. She's, she's rocking the cool baby look in yeah, this car. She's, she's, she's very cute with her huge sunglasses. Uh, so road trips. Did you and your family take many road trips for vacations? Uh, yeah. Uh, I used to go camping with my dad a lot. So we'd camp up at the uh, national park that's near us in the city. And so yes. that's kind of a little bit of a drive. And so it's not a super long road trip or anything. But uh, we used to would drive up there and, you know, you have your sort of road trip traditions where you stop at a Tim Hortons oh, first yeah. and then everybody gets ready, bathroom breaks, and then right. you drive on out. And also I've gone – on some road trips in the U.S. before. My family drove across Nevada and Arizona before, and that was really fun. Uh, Saw the Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, the whole nine yards. See, I'm lucky because from a young age, my my parents' families are from Cape Breton, Mm -hmm. and we were at a time where there was actually a brief time where you could get a plane to Cape Breton. Really? Yeah. It was just like a really small, real small plane. I think we did it. Pond jumper. Yeah, we really did it like once or twice, but- 
normally we would just drive for Christmas and for Easter and for like maybe one other occasion, Thanksgiving or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I got used to long drives at an early age. So now I am I actually really enjoy road trips for the most part. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of driving, but I will go on a road trip. Like we would go to uh, basically do like a six or seven hour drive to my grandmother's place uh, near the edge of the province where we live. And, you know, we would stop at like Robin's Donuts at a certain place or like when we were older, it was Tim Hortons. Uh, we would, uh, you know, pass by the Mastodon Ridge and like go up this this like mountain pass and stuff like that. And uh, the most recent one I took was to Philadelphia to see the WWE Royal Rumble. And that was awesome. Like fun, like driving through Connecticut and New York uh, to get to Philadelphia. That was that was a great time, although. Like it was, it was definitely uncomfortable after a while. You know those times when you really gotta go. <laughs> That's no fun. Yeah, I agree with you though. I love I love road trips. Um, mm-hmm. I love the little things. You know, stopping at truck stops, getting yes. some beef jerky. Yeah, because it's a great it's a great <laughs> excuse for you to eat like garbage. Yeah, you buy some beef jerky, buy those stupid like camo hats with like yeah. all kinds of brands on them. Yeah, for me, it's like a stick of pepperoni and like some Hershey's cookies and cream drops. I always also uh, kind of like fetishized the Great American Road Trip oh. uh, because even here, though you, even though you're not American, well, so here in Canada, as beautiful as our country is, and it's a, absolutely astoundingly beautiful, yeah. Um, but you don't get a lot of difference in terrain. I mean, there is some, but like Canada's very big, and so if you were going to take a cross-country road trip around uh, across Canada, yes. you'd eventually see some change in scenery. But you're, you're you're gonna see a bunch of trees for the most part. Well, yeah, gener- um, generally. But you're thinking like from state to state. Well, across country because there's a there's a in America one it's easier because there's a highway that literally cuts across the entire country. Yeah, uh, I think it's like the I ninety five or yeah, whatever the, it's called the, the interstate. Um, but also like you see such a if you start in New York State and then you make your way all the way to California. You go from like the trees, the kind of environment you'd see in Canada, to the desert, and then eventually like California. It's there's a lot of difference in scenery, and I've always like kind of wondered like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to it's take like, a cross country road trip. It's like, like you're that. going through the Kanto region in Pokemon, just like different gym after different gym. It's like, oh, this is the ice one, this is the fire one. Yeah, instead yeah. of different gym, it's like, okay, so they have Del Taco here. <laughs> That's you know they have, what they have five guys here. You know that's that's one of my dreams of mine is like just total pie in the sky. I don't know if this will ever happen, but like to do a road trip across America and go to all of the food chains that we don't have here, the regional ones. Yeah. Like, so like when we went to Philly, we went to Five Guys, and I'm like, this is amazing. I want to go to like everywhere, even the ones that people say are, are crappy. Like I want to go to Sonic. I want to go to White Castle. Did you go to I'll, Jack in the Box? That's the ultimate no, crappy no, one. No, no. Jack in the Box is terrible. Jack in the Box. I want to go to. De- I want to go to Denny's. 75-cent tacos. Oh, Denny's. I wish we had more Waffle Houses here. I went to – oh, and I went to IHOP when I was in Philly. Ooh. It's incredibly – it's incredibly close to Smitty's. <laughs> oh, yeah? Smitty's a, a, a regional chain here in the, uh, Nova Scotia. Anyway, back to this. I, lo- I love talking about road trips. Have you ever been on a road trip? Uh, what are your thoughts on road tripping? Let me let us know uh, through our email. Send us one. Uh, also like uh, plane. I also like plane trips too. I just kind of like traveling. Uh, they get stuck in a traffic jam on the highway, and uh, Kate makes a mess in her diaper, which leads to uh, a line I remember to this day from DW, both in performance and in co- in content, because DW sticks her head out the window and yells, "Gas chamber." 
Which I didn't remember this line and found it like it's kind of funny, but I also was like, it's a little, sh- it's a little shocking. It's just kind of like deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing. Just like like you you can't do that in twenty XX. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't think so. I, no. I there's just a con. Those two words together, like I get that they weren't talking about anything specific, and it was just yeah. kind of a joke of being like, oh, Kate's farts are so stinky, it's fatal. But um, like. Those two words together just kind of make me. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Every, 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 everybody just kind of clenches. Like, ooh, I don't know about that one, DW. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely noticed it, but I guess the audacity of it just kind of made me laugh at it even more. Um, she certainly has the flair for the dramatic. <laughs> you're telling me, buddy. They, they're saying like, I'm hungry and we'll eat when we get to the hotel. Okay, rookie mistake, not bringing car snacks. <laughs> That's true. Right? Like we said at the top of the episode, you got to have your beef jerky or pepperoni snacks. Well, even when we were kids, my parents knew we got to bring a cooler. We got to throw in some handy snacks. Got to throw in some fruit by the foot. Sunny some, D. Yeah, some fruit juice, uh, some water, some sandwiches. Which were like, which is like the most boring thing to eat when you're on a road trip is like you stop in a place that has McDonald's, Tim Hortons, a Subway, and a Robin's Donuts, and you're just like, here's your here's your tuna sandwich. I'm like, no, thank you. But you got to do it. You got to do it. It's how you save money, and it's how you keep yourself, how you get your sustenance. So as we've been talking about all these, you know, fast food brands that you would stop by at a road trip. Uh, the kids bring up they want a Jiffy, Jiffy Burger. Jiffy Burger. Which I – is this like the big kahuna burger of the Arthur universe? Does Jiffy Burger ever come up again, I wonder? I honestly don't know. I know that there's like – I know that much later on in the series there's like a KFC like like basically – Approximation. Approximation, absolutely. Uh, but Jiffy Burger, I don't know. And this is kind of alluded to and not seen. But it's just like – it's your typical kind of like, yeah, that's what a fast food would be called. And I mean, you know – We've certainly heard worse of of uh, restaurant names. So they go to a, a diner, and apparently all of the all of the hamburger meat has been ordered out by these tough looking bikers, who are also so tough they drink milk. <laughs> hey, that's good for bone density. That's true. So uh, even even bikers know that's how they get big and strong. So instead of burgers, they order the chef's surprise, which. So the chef surprise is served to them, and I I I wrote here why like what is it because it looks to me like they just heated up a trash bag and then put it over another heated up trash bag. Uh, I think it's like gruel or something. It reminds me of the stuff they give on Big Brother when there's like a challenge where like half the house has to eat like not real food that's okay. purely like sustenance. Yeah. Uh, and like it's like gruel. And then the other house, half of the house gets to eat like real food. That's what it looked like to me, like it, Soylent or yeah, something. Yeah, it looks like to- it looks like total glop. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, glop's a good word. Like just, just, just nothing. So – the lead into the next scene actually kind of confused me. I wrote this down too. I have no idea how this interaction goes. Yeah. So um, DW kind of leans over to the bikers and, you know, mom's a little wary because she's and like she doesn't do anything to like make the matter anything. And after all, she is four, like saying that she likes their their tattoos and they're lucky that their mommy lets them draw on their arms. And then she kind of looks at the burgers and she says, those look good. And then they transition back to the car and we see DW eating a burger and Arthur, mom and dad eating chocolate bars. 
yeah, I feel like we're missing a reel or something. Like, yeah, it's weird. we're missing a beat here. But I guess I think if I had to guess, like, like the like the implication there is that they did go to Jiffy Burger. But then I was just like, but fast food places don't serve chocolate bars. See, I thought the implication was that like DW had won over the bikers, Pee Wee's Big Adventure style, and they gave them their burgers. But then why would everybody else be eating a chocolate bar? Like, where'd they get the chocolate bars from? I See, there, this is a weird yeah. – it's a weird transition. Yeah, it doesn't make uh, a lot of sense. And speaking of not like making a lot of sense, they look into the car ahead of them, which is like a uh, uh, large kind of lo- – it looks like a dump truck. It's not a dump truck, but it's just like a pasture truck for cows. And they've got like a couple cows peeking out of the back, and then they see a giant inflatable shark – and there's there's a great there's, there's a great moment where Dad's just like, "Did you tie Archie Shay on Ite Tay?" And then Mom and Dad look up, and Sharky's completely not tied on, and somehow found his way into the back of this cow truck, which they had seen earlier. This is a hilarious scene, by the way. Like the 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 parents using pig Latin to try and trick the kids, it, and you, the kids completely no sell it too. Like they know exactly what's going on. Did well, immediately starts yeah, out. yeah. Once they see it, and once they kind of look up, they know they know. What's going on? And it's actually, you know, I, th- I thought it, I thought it was like it's a pretty good approximation of like what, how this would go down in real life because <laughs> like they're trying to speak to each other in code. Then they find out what's happening, and then DW's like, "We have to save Sharky." And then D- and then Dad's be like, "Well, maybe we can get you a new one." And the DW just starts screaming and won't stop. And this is the most annoying I've ever found DW because she's not even like screaming and changing tone or pitch. She 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 just keeps going ah ah. Ah, and it's like, oh my god! Like if I was in that car, yeah, like, oh, it'd yeah, be like, lunacy. Yeah, like if they if they looped it, and it's just, and it's obviously just, it seems to be just a power play by her. <laughs> what? What? It's just so funny. Like the whole thing is just like DW wants to get her way, and this is how she's gonna do it. And to to be fair, like calls her bluff because like because I'm sure because I'm sure it's as annoying to them as it was to you. Uh, so then they managed to get the uh, truck to pull over. and After get- tailing it for hours, he says. They talk to the guy and he goes, wait, you saw me way back there? That was hours ago. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, mm-hmm. this this road trip's getting off the rails. That's true. Although, although, to be fair, in a lot of highways, you do see the same cars for a long time, if you're, especially if you're going on the interstate. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a note here of, like, they're driving hours to go to what is essentially a beachside hotel from a typical suburb. So that's another, like you said before, we already talked about it, but it's another hint of just like, okay, so where could they be driving to if they are driving hours to go to the beach? Not, not they, they don't have to stop over. It's not a day stopover, but it is like a better day's drive. At this point, Arthur's starting to get sold on the concept of staying at the resort. Yeah. We see all these like machinations of Arthur's imagination of what it's going to be like. Yeah, there's like a pool, the beach, and then like lobster dinner. And well, my favorite one of these is, uh, and this would make a great like uh, podcast photo if we were picking the image for this episode, okay. is it's Sharky, Kate, and Arthur on the beach. And Sharky and another character both have their own like sunbathing. Yeah, it's Sharky. Chairs. It's Sharky and DW. They're both yeah. they're both wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and Sharky getting, has sunglasses as if he tan. needs like UV protection. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty good. 
So they get to their hotel, which, first off, is not by the ocean because there's, in the years that have followed, it's been, <laughs> you know, like a high rise and like a strip mall have been built, like, in the way. Yeah, the the motel owner, he kind of says sadly, he's like, you, if only you'd come here a couple <laughs> of years ago. Well, well, speaking of getting here earlier, like, so they get there and he just says, if you'd only been a few minutes earlier, we thought you were a no-show, so we sold off your suite. Like, they got the family fun suite. And then they were a few minutes late and they sold it off. Like, I'm not versed in getting my own hotel accommodations, but is that, like, policy? So what I think happened here, and so this is why I thought they had to go off route to tail the spark, the sharky guy, right. is because, um, like – I thought he was saying they were willing to wait a few more minutes, but they were actually, like, much longer late, if that mm, makes any sense. Like, they maybe. had been late for a while, and they were like, all right, we'll give Could. them five more minutes, and then we're we're selling off the room. And then five minutes later, the Reed family shows up. Could be. Um uh, sorry, I put the, I put this. Motels on. don't usually have suites, though, which is actually kind of weird. Yeah, it is more. It's not a hotel. I think it's a motel. It is. It is more of a motel, especially with how like low rent it is. Like they get this, you know, typical room, and it is very motel. It's like pretty down in the dumps looking. Um, I'm sure the suite wasn't too much better, but you know, at least it would have been something. Uh, just a quick uh, throwback here to the uh, the chef surprise. Uh, so I was watching this. I was watching this episode on YouTube, and I actually looked at the comments. There weren't that many of them, but I want to shout shout out Princess Marie here, who said about the chef surprise: "Is that surprise cooked barf that was eaten and then barfed again?" What's with the Arthur fan base and barf, and man? Barf. I can't escape it. Get your barf bags. <laughs> um, so Arthur's taking a swim in the pool, and man, this pool is. Just, it just sucks. Well, the pool's the tip of the iceberg. Once they first get into their rooms, Arthur's dad sort of puts his bags, like his suitcase, yeah, his, yeah, on the bed. And it just and it sinks in like quicksand. Yeah, it's real bad. And, of course, Arthur has to share a bed with not just DW, but DW and Sharky. And, and the water from the ceiling is dripping on him. Yeah. And, so and he, it's dripping right on his head, so he uses Sharky's fin to block his head. And like I said, Arthur's in the pool, and, like, Sharky is easily – Twice, if not three times, as big as it. It's like DW even says our bathtub is bigger than this. It's like just it's just a square in the middle of the like the back lawn or something. It really sucks. So all of these negatives, and then de- we finally get that read of uh, of and tonight. Don't forget lobster. <laughs> yeah, he's, Arthur's dad's sort of trying to keep them positive throughout this, and he's like, well, tomorrow we're going to get to see the ocean, and, like, the main thing that Arthur's dad's stoked about is this lobster, and he's mm. like, lobster! So they do go to get lobster, and of course, it's as you'd expect, like, kids see, like, they may be seeing a, in DW's case, probably seeing a lobster for the first time, and then just, like, because she even says, as they take it off and it's just like it's a giant bug and mm. just like yeah that's probably what it looks like to a kid like what did what did you expect also you have to not only de-shell your own lobster but de-shell the kids too like no thank you <laughs> yeah it seems like a lot of work yeah. they should have just started them off with lobster rolls yeah like a lobster roll it kind of just looks like a, a brightly colored sloppy joe or something yeah uh and it's delicious yeah lobster meat is good and um, like i think that that yeah that that is you're right that's how you sell them on it just get them the meat and then you do your own 
cracking or whatever whatever the heck it's called. The, the also the way the artists draw the lobsters in this episode are yeah. is hilarious because they're they're way like like fatter than lobsters actually are yeah. and their eyes are much more humanoid they're like they re- have these weird yeah, it's not just the black beady eyes of actual lobsters yeah. they're real mean looking yeah. <laughs> um a great shot of a displeased arthur in his bib just in the restaurant folding his arms as like lightning crashes outside <laughs> just like really uh Really, like, one-panel art there. There is some good cinematography in this episode because there's another great uh, shot in this scene where, like, the reveal of the lobster is the reflection of DW's face in the sort of covering thing. I'm not sure what those are called. And then it gets raised and we see the the lobster, the horrifying lobster. Uh, so uh, it begins to rain overnight, and then it rains the next day when they were supposed to go to the beach. And then everybody's kind of down in the dumps at it back at the hotel, motel, I should say. You know, like mom and dad are just like, you know, I could have stayed home, done this work. And then Arthur's, of course, I wish I was at camp. And DW's like chasing a fly around with a piece of newspaper and accidentally hits Arthur while she's trying to get the fly. And then D- and then Arthur is gets the paper from her. Looks like he's backing her into a corner to like strike her with it. Yeah. And then he, he kind of and then he kind of does like he unfolds it and takes a look. And I thought it was interesting, like that Arthur like actually makes some suggestions of what they could do to make the best out of a rainy day. And I thought it was interesting that Arthur was the one to make the best of a bad situation, considering like I would figure he would be the most down in the dumps about it all. Just like, man, this vacation's really tanking. Wish I was at camp. I was right all along. Well, I think he, it really turns around. It's a little clunky, but I think this was his opportunity for like character growth because at this point, like Arthur's parents were the ones who were the most positive up to this point. Right. But the rainstorm is what finally breaks them. And so even Arthur's parents are like, oh, like Arthur's dad's like, oh, I could have catered that whole thing. Like this is such a waste yeah, because, of time. Yeah, because of course they're not blind to like yeah. – you know, they're not, like, having fun in spite of them. It's just, like, they have been right along with the kids and, like, kind of disappointment and stuff. So, so this was Arthur's time to shine. Yeah. This was- so he really does come through when he suggests some, like, kind of offbeat sort of community calendar type events. Like, mm-hmm. they go to a cow festival. And- Arthur goes, I've never heard of a cow festival before. Or- yeah, Arthur, me neither. Well, his mom says that, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Arthur's mom says that, yes. Yeah, and, yeah, but, of course, it definitely seems like a very regional type of thing. Some, some really, Like I said, some in this and the next episode, real community calendar type stuff that mm. we might see down here in a more rural setting. Uh, then they go to a fudge factory and, like, figure out, find out how fudge is made, and they get samples. Like, everyone, like, and the person at the end of the tour says, please, one sample per person, but you can see everybody's arm reaching for multiple samples. <laughs> and, of course, they're the only ones there, so, like... Who cares? Yeah, come on, guys. But I, but probably you know what they're you know what they're probably saying. One fudge sample per customer. If you want more, first taste is free. Then you gotta. Oh, there you go. Get them hooked pay, on fudge. Pay the ferryman. Yeah. So the next thing they do is they go on some sort of like jungle cruise. Yeah, this riverboat tour, and then like an anaconda drops from the ceiling as if like Ice Cube and J-Lo were there. Yeah, it's like... It is downright bizarre and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, looks, <laughs> it looks like a Disney ride, almost. But like, where are they? Especially one that operates in the rain. Well, I just... I don't think that snakes that large are... Uh, and, and for inhabit all, America. But for all we know, it could be like a fake snake that's part of the ride or something. I could, it's hard to tell. It doesn't. It doesn't seem that alive to me. Oh, I don't know. It's I know. I don't know either. And then finally, the, the, some for some reason they go to a clearly R-rated movie that is like a Jaws approximate, 
And it's was apparently DW's choice, but don't look at me. It was Sharky's idea. And Sharky's in the theater, which has got to be like grounds to kick him out, especially if they're up front. <laughs> a little bit of magical realism there. I wonder yeah. if like Sharky legitimately was like, yeah, DW, I want to go see this movie. Uh, do you ever go see movies on on a on a vacation? I love that. Seeing like you're in some place like New York or something, you just go see a movie. I've done that before. It's it's weird. I I can't explain it with words why I enjoy it, but no, it's always a fun thing to no, do. No, but I've never gotten much of the opportunity. The only time that I would have is like visiting my grandmother. I remember I saw The Prince of Egypt uh like over Easter break and my f- mother, my sister and I were the only ones in the theater. I think it's because you it helps you associate a time and place with a movie. So, like, okay. I saw Mad Max Fury Road the first time when I was on an internship in New Brunswick. Okay. Uh, so I'll always associate, like, Mad Max Fury Road with mm-hmm. New Brunswick. Good point. No, that's actually a really good idea. And then, like, places like I've always, you know, I listen to a podcast that operates out of New York, and they have opinions on, like, which theater is the mm, best one to go to. That's so, fun, too. Seeing, yeah, so, like, the so between yeah, seeing, yeah, seeing theater differences, I think, would be just as interesting. But no, actually, I don't, uh, generally. So then the next day is sunny, and they all go to the beach, and everything's, everything's wicked cool. And the vacation turns around remarkably quick. Uh, you know, it goes from the dud to stud uh, within within a day, and everybody's kind of happy. They take a picture of Arthur burying DW in the sand, and then we zoom out from the picture, and it's Arthur showing it to Buster back after both their vacations are done. So to end off the episode, Buster's kind of like recapping his time <laughs> at Camp Meadowcroak, and it is uh, <laughs> it's crazy. He glo- and this is like. The episode is fading out when we really get the details. Yeah. So you can kind of barely hear what Buster's saying. So but when you listen in, it's nuts. Well, and so it starts off with Buster saying it was okay until the hurricane hit. <laughs> and then there was uh, some sort of lightning storm as well. And you're right. As it starts to fade out, you can hear Buster say, and the lake got contaminated by bacteria. Buster says lightning demolished the campus, uh, the camp's mess hall. Right. But then he sadly exclaims, no one even got hurt. Like he's disappointed <laughs> no one was hurt by lightning destroying the camp <laughs> mess hall. It's really weird. That is weird. But hey, so th- like I said before, Arthur's parents, maybe they had some sort of foresight or or final, premonition. Final destination. Yeah, final destination style. Maybe like Arthur would have been in the mess hall when the lightning obliterated it. Final destination with the cast of Arthur? I'd watch it. <laughs> Arthur Buster would be the first one to go. He'd like you think eat, so? he'd eat like some poison ice cream and just like die right away or How do you something. Poison ice cream. Like ice cream past its due date, like sour bad ice cream. But it's there's all those crazy flavors that uh the brain's mom gives out. Maybe he'll have like some ed- asbestos ice cream. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> She would then lose everything. (laughs) Uh, Really quickly, and now a word from us kids. And now a word from us kids. It's pretty much just uh, postcards to, uh, like, kids sending postcards to Arthur, like, where they went on vacation, where Arthur went on vacation, blah, blah, blah. It's cute. Like, they get their their little drawings kind of animated, and, you know, it's not not a whole lot to say about that. That just is what it is. Our second part of the episode is Grandpa Dave's Old Country Farm, another vacation episode. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about this. These episodes, I I don't want to play my hand too early here, but they have very similar settings and subject matter. I find it strange that when they were pairing – 
I don't know how it works, like how they pick which two episodes to pair together to be a 22-minute segment. Yeah. But I thought this was a really weird pairing because they're almost too close. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's like you, if you can link them together by a theme, that would be neat. But this is – yeah, this is like a little too like mirroring each other almost in places. What I think happened is I think they like to link them together by season. Like I don't I, – it's too dissonant to have an episode that's in the summer and then have an episode in the wintertime. Right. So they probably got to this point in the production schedule and they were like, oh, these are the last two summer episodes or whatever. Yeah. We have to put these two together. All right. Well, f- fair fair guess I suppose. Uh, this one starts with Arthur Ferris Buellering and talking about uh, bad times he's had at other vacations that we don't – that we only get to see little snippets of like when they went to Lord Caverns. And they're just basically walking around in a dark cave, and DW is hanging from a stalactite. Stalactite or stalagmite? Which, which one's which? I'm not at liberty to say. <laughs> I'm just going to say stalactite, and if you want to correct me, well, then correct me. At me. And then their visit to the state capitol, which was uh, crushingly boring. I was like, this, this is, is the state clue capital. that cracks the case wide open. And oh. I Googled American state capitol rotunda. Turns out a lot of them have it. Oh, so I, 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 I was so close, though. I was like, oh, man, this is it. Like, wh- which state capitol looks like this? A lot of them have rotundas. Well, now you just have to see which one was built with 16 pounds of limestone or whatever. It uh, genuine Saskatchewan soapstone. Soapstone. So right. sus- uh, uh, soapstone imported from our nation, our great nation of mm. Canada, which is uh, kind of weird. I was like, huh, you'd think they'd have soapstone of their own down in the States. You're welcome, America. <laughs> so Arthur kind of saying, like, disappointing vacation, but the one that's always the best is when him and DW go to his Grandpa Dave's farm. And so this is the introduction of Grandpa Dave. Uh, first off, uh, I don't know, this one might be my show image of just this, like, close-up of a cow. And and the cow moves, and man, it is stoked to move. <laughs> like, he's got this awesome, like, yeah, face on him as he moves. It's I, great. You just made me realize about these cows, man. We've seen, we eventually see bipedal cows in Arthur. So this is another one of those animal hierarchies. Really? I think, well, maybe I'm just thinking of Mary Moo Cow, and she might, po- Mary Moo Cow is possibly a person in a suit. But Mary Moo Cow is a person in a suit, but it's not a cow. She's not a cow, I should say. What? The person inside Mary Moo Cow is not a cow. Mary Moo Cow oh. is a costume. I thought you were saying Mary Moo Cow, like the character wasn't a cow. And I was like, yes. That's, no, sorry. Uh, Arthur's getting out there. Yeah, that one is uh, that is weird, actually, now that I think about it. So many layers to this. Uh, so, of course, uh, just all of the you know fun they have in like the swimming hole, just hanging out on a farm, good times like that. And uh, Grandpa Dave serving them some farm-grown corn on the cob. Oh, baby. Like some of that farm food. That's some good stuff right there. Uh, so the episode starts with this is a different summer vacation where uh, mom and dad are kind of – staying behind at their house and uh, Grandpa Dave is picking up Arthur and DW. And at this point, because- it, was, it was really hammering home. I was like, man, why did they pair these episodes together? It's, I, it's just, it was just weird to me because I was like, we just saw the Reed family go on vacation. Right. You don't know if it's the same summer. You don't yeah. know if it's a different summer. Like, you have to assume it's the same because their ages don't change. But, like, so uh, – d- the parents are staying home because they're painting the house mm-hmm. uh, with Kate, obviously. And we get kind of confirmation here. So Grandpa Dave is mom's father, is yeah. mom Reed's father, and Grandma Thora is dad's mother. So it's dad Reed's mother. 
So kind of representing both sides of the equation there with Grandpa Thora and Grandpa Dave. We're getting a very clear picture of the Reed family tree. Which is interesting because neither of them have like uh, their their other half. Like there huh. is no there is no Grandpa Thora or uh, Grandma Dave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, Grandpa Dave picks him up in like uh, you know an old time pickup truck. I thought it was funny on the way there. It's like uh, you know DW is pointing out like cows, and Grandpa Dave is just like whoever thought some, uh, a couple city kids will get excited about some overgrown cattle. And I just kind of really saw myself there because like I live in a rural area, and I have for the last couple of years. So I've been to a few like. Uh, uh, exhibitions and like farms and stuff. But when I was a kid, I really didn't go very much. So it's still kind of a, like an unusual thing for me to go to an exhibition and see like cows and horses and stuff. So it's just reminded me of just like, yeah, I'm totally that city kid that's like, hey, look, cows. The brown ones have chocolate milk. Right. Take Takes them over to the farm. They go to the general store before they go to the farm itself. And Grandpa Dave takes them in for candy. And, uh, I must say, like, Grandpa Dave really treating them large because they both get bags, and these bags are half the size of DW. These are, like, a foot to two feet tall of just straight-up candy, son. It's Halloween grade in here. Well, it fits with Grandpa Dave's personality, though, because throughout this episode, he aims to please, uh, often putting the kids' interests and keeping them entertained before his own needs. Which is interesting, because I think in this one episode, we get a really good look at who Grandpa Dave is as a person. I put here, like, there's a theme of him and his pride. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that does have to do with putting his grandkids first, which is like, he's doing it for a good reason, but, like, there's a quick mention here by the owner of the general store that, like, the lumber came in that he was asking for, and, you know, Grandpa Dave wants to kind of do everything in its own time, and he wants to do everything... Uh, by himself and you know he kind of sees like now's not the time for that so he takes them back to uh, his place and well so as he's walking out right, right, uh, there's these busybodies that are sitting on the porch I love these guys these these local uh, these local country so and so's yeah I love this type of character in like they remind me of uh, the the hecklers from the Muppets or like Statler and Waldorf. Or like yeah, yeah. Or like those three guys in Do the Right Thing who just complain all the time and are just, sitting just the peanut gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love like peanut gallery type characters. And so this one guy, Ed, with his big old ten gallon hat, yeah. is like, You finally hire some farm hands to help you around the farm there, and, Dave. And the other the other two are just like <laughs> Yeah. And Dave's Dave's not taking this sitting down. He's like, Oh, Ed, like he's, he's he, he says horse feathers. I, yeah, yeah. I love the him and Ed's friendly rivalry. Yeah. Because Ed takes it all in stride. Like, there's not a scene in this episode where Ed doesn't have a big old smile on his face. Yeah, it's true. They're very easygoing, but uh, you know, I think a pretty good uh, pretty good portrait of, of the more positive side of, you know, country boys. Um, so they go back to Grandpa's place. They notice that it's a little bit, little bit run down. Hasn't been taken care of in a little bit. But Grandpa Dave immediately deflects them by saying, who wants to go swimming? And they go in the old swimming hole, have some fun, and then he kind of puts them to bed that night. You know, he's kind of got the typical kind of, you know, rural uh, kind of wood wood cottage home, and it looks real nice. So they go to bed, and then the first thing that's amiss is that DW runs screaming out of her room and gets on Arthur's bed, and, she's, and she says, Arthur, my room is full of chickens. And drags Arthur in with a flashlight to, like, confirm this happening. And she also says, they're big and white and they smell funny. And I was like, me? 
<laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Trust me, you smell wonderful. Oh, thanks. Well, just, well, I am big and white, so they got two out of three ain't bad, or ain't good in this case. Um, Arthur doesn't believe DW. He thinks it's a part of her overactive imagination. Yes, and that I would totally act the, in this situation like Arthur does. Sure. Like, oh yeah, sure. Your room's full. Of well, they they go to look anyway, and I I absolutely love this reveal. It's really funny because he does the old like he starts in one place and goes to one place, and eventually ends up where they are. So he's like. You know, kind of darting the flashlight around the around the room. It's just like bed, desk, dresser, chickens. <laughs> and then the sight he sees is like something out of the ocarina of time. Like the room is completely <laughs> overrun with these chickens. <laughs> yeah, they're just the yeah the cuckoos. Yeah, are just like on top of the. And you might as well, you're looking for a you're looking for a guy with a big mustache just to sleep on DW's bureau. <laughs> That you have to wake up. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. I can't believe I didn't think of it. So that night, Grandpa Dave's just like, I for- plum forgot I put him there after the hen house roof fell in. So then DW and Arthur have to share Arthur's bed while the uh, room is co-opted by chickens. And so that's a funny line, but this is our first look in this episode really seriously about this episode deals with some complicated subjects. Like, yeah. Grandpa Dave is getting older, both physically and mentally. Like, he forgot that... The chicken house was caved in, and and he's having trouble keeping up with the farm. Like Arthur uh, and D.W. really quickly initially uh, assess the farm and like, huh, it's kind of looking more run down since the last time we were here. And so this is our first look into like maybe Grandpa Dave's not having not having such an easy time taking care of the farm as he would have used to have been. Well, it's funny you mention that because I know that a bit later in the series we do like have episodes that address. Grandpa Dave getting older, like in many different ways. And uh, it's interesting that that's always tied in with this character is him is him kind of getting older, whereas someone like Grandma Thora is never really like her age is never really a thing or even great grandma Thora or whatever her name is. Well, yeah. she's only around for that one episode. Oh, really? Does she never come back? Uh, I, she's ancient. Yeah, whoever, whoever yeah, she is. Yeah. Don't don't. I can't confirm that, but I don't think so. I don't remember that. So he takes them for ice cream the next day. They're, so we get their favorite flavors, uh, Rocky Road and chocolate chocolate chip. So I think it's Arthur's is Rocky Road and DW's is chocolate chocolate chip. So I wonder just, where the hyphen is in the name chocolate chocolate chip. Well, is that for the first chocolate or the second? No, I don't think there's a hyphen because it's chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips. So it's chocolate chocolate chip. Okay, my brain's starting to hurt. <laughs> All right, it's, it's just chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips in it. It's just... It's the way it is, my friend. They want him to take a little bit of initiative and fix the hen house so, of course, DW can have her own room and, of course, that it can just be fixed. Uh, but, you know, Grandpa Dave, again, kind of deflecting. And uh, DW says, will you buy that lumberware for the uh, for the hen house? And Ed's also kind of there, like you said, kind of local busybody, but also, you know, a contemporary of Grandpa Dave. So just, he's, he's just kind of – he's just like peeling a potato. Yeah, he's or, like whittling. Or, or he's whittling. Excuse me. I don't know why – be peeling a potato uh and so he does offer he like several times in this episode he offers to help grandpa dave like with the stuff around the house and um uh grandpa dave says the day i need your help is the day hens give milk <laughs> so re- another really uh, uh homespun saying i gotta say i i really i, I was watching this episode late at night so you can imagine what kind of mental state i was in because it took me like a, i for a split second i was like <laughs> wait a minute i was like 
Dan's Dan's not giving milk? And then after I thought about it for like half a second, I'm not that dumb. But I was like, okay, wait, never mind, Lucas. Wake up. Drink this Red Bull. I was like, where do you get milk from if not from a hand? I really like uh, the character of Ed. Like, I don't think he ever shows up again, but he's a great one episode character of just like, He's got a he's got a very good dry wit. Like he's always kind of got a smile on his face. Like just kind of uh, busting Dave's chops. And he's also kind of the sounding board for Grandpa Dave's stubbornness. Like he he's just like because you know speaking of drinking in the last episode, drink every time Grandpa Dave says this farm has been in our family for 150 years. Mm-hmm. And Ed's like, and that's how long it'll take you to fix that hen house, which finally uh, spurs Dave on to get the lumber. If we were going to cast this episode, like a live action remake of this episode, Ed would be played by uh, that guy with the cowboy hat. His name escaped me from Sam the Big Elli- Lebowski. Sam Elliott. You knew, see, this is how good the casting was. You knew it, when I said that guy with the cowboy hat, you knew exactly who I was talking about. Now, I know your farm's been in the family for <laughs> 150 years there, Dave. But you got to accept help when I'm <laughs> offering it to you. It's not about Sam Elliott. All right, Dave, have it your way. <laughs> the Dave abides. <laughs> no, it's great. And then uh, so uh, Grandpa Dave does say that he will spend the next day repairing the hen house. And he asks Ed to kind of take them out to Mount Springle uh, so they can go on a bit of a hike. And Ed does Ed does take them along. I think that's really cool of him. And it's in it's on this hike that gets to, like, the top of a mountain. And he kind of does summarize his position. And actually a really, um, like, a, almost a little bit of a profound moment here because he's explaining it to two kids. And it's just like, why won't Grandpa accept our help, D.W. asks. And he's like, well, D.W., that's a funny thing. And it's just like... It just kind of basically explains that, like, his grandpa is a very proud person and, you know, carries tradition very deeply in himself. And he doesn't want to ask for help because he would be embarrassed to do so. And just, I thought it was a really good summary of a really complex – what can be a complex issue in a kid's show. I thought that that was really uh, well done. Yeah, this whole episode – like, it's not the most fast-paced or the most jokey episode – but it, it it wrestles with some, for a kid, difficult uh, concepts. And I also thought something that was interesting was the one in this episode who's pushing to help Grandpa Dave is D.W. It's not Arthur. Yeah. You usually give Arthur that trait, but D, like, D.W. usually lacks empathy. That's one of her main traits is she's a little bit of a sociopath. Most kids that age are. Sure. Uh, but – D.W., at first it's because she wants her room back, but I think D.W. is the one that really pushes to help Grandpa Dave and after, especially after Ed talks to them, really feels bad about it. Well, it's funny you say that because my next note is that it's it's kind of the same thing. D.W. is the one to call for change and it makes sense in her character. Like you say, like she is a little kid and like all little kids are to a degree, they lack a certain degree of empathy. But D.W. is also very much like, you know, realizing that Grandpa Dave needs help in doing the thing in making all the repairs to his place that you know that need to be done like of the place that's falling apart and because DW is so stubborn and forthright about herself she is the one she is she would be the one among the two of them to bring this up because she's not going to like stay quiet out of propriety or something or to just not rock the boat like Arthur mm-hmm. would she is very much someone who will speak up when she's like and even and, and especially because it does concern her in a way, but because she does care about her grandpa. Yeah. And so it does kind of meet in the middle and 
causes her to spur action forward and spur Arthur forward as well. Well, yeah, because Arthur seems like he'd be he'd be content just going to the county fair. Yeah, like whatever, Grandpa Dave. And uh, I got some corn dogs to eat, son. Penthouse <laughs> yeah. uh, so, can wait. Yeah. So another. Uh, another day comes by. Can't believe I forgot to mention this, but as they're leaving their parents' house initially, DW says she sort of pontificates, "What will mom and dad do without us for a week?" <laughs> right, I forgot about this too. And then we get like the shot, like out of Pulp Fiction again. Pulp Fiction, <laughs> where Arthur's mom and dad are like doing the twist in a 1950s yeah. diner. They got, they just got themselves a five dollar shake, and they're going for that uh, that trophy. Uh, yeah. Oh, what what was the name of the the play? Jackrabbit Slims. Yeah. It's like they're Jackrabbit Slims and just about to do the twist. Yeah. No. That right. It's a great cutaway, and it's also <laughs> like there's a lot of ways that that could be answered, and not all of them are appropriate for a kids' show. But I thought that that was the best way to do it, of just like two of them having the time of their life without the kids. I thought that was awesome. Uh, Thank you for bringing that up. So the next morning, they turned down Grandpa Dave's uh, offer to go to the fair to – to do to help him build the hen house, which I thought was, you know, pretty big of them. Like they're on vacation, as Arthur says, they don't have to do anything, but they do pitch in. And I got to say that really speaks to, you know, their character of just like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, so NDW has the the go around to Grandpa Dave's. This farm has been in our family line, and she says, "Grandpa, we are your family." It's a great like, delivery too, because she like says it really slow, and she's like sort of distressed. She's like, "But Grandpa, we are your family." Yeah, she's really trying to make him understand of just like, don't use this as an out. Like you, you have like just do it, okay? So we get a little fixing up montage with DW as supervisor, and I like the music in this part. A great banjo, yeah, like. I really got a kick out of when I was editing the last episode of my banjo impression. <laughs> so I made, my, made myself laugh with that. It's solid. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so Grandpa in this one, he takes a huge bump off of the hen house roof. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Well, he takes a huge spill, and that's what causes Ed. Like, Ed's there just kind of watching and not doing anything. And then Grandpa finally concedes when he just does this huge flat back bump. Off, not even a flat back bump. He, like, bumps into a bale of hay. And it looks painful. And he's, like, got to be in his 70s or late 60s. Grandpa Dave, this is CZW. <laughs> Grandpa Dave, Arthur, <laughs> DW, what just happened? It was there was five of them. It took five of them. Five of them to build this hen house. Right. So Ed finally gets to pitch in. Grandpa acquiesces, and they. Grandpa D, uh, Ed must be retired or something because he seems like he's got a lot of free time on his yeah. hands. Or, he's offering to either help Grandpa Dave or hang out in front of the corner store and just loiter with his pals, or just or loiter at Dave's farm like yeah. uninvited. Uh, so they. They kind of do this montage and they fix the hen house. It looks really nice. And I'm glad that they mentioned, you know, Grandpa Dave says, it took us two days, but we did it. And I'm like, thank you. Because it looks like you did that in a day, which to which I say, BS. <laughs> no way you did it. So they did, took them two days and the rest of their vacation and uh, and they did it. And they're very proud of themselves and uh, Grandpa Dave is, is glad for the help. And then uh, Arthur's mom and dad show up and, and they're just like, look, we built the hen house. And then... Ma, Arthur's mom's just like, 
gosh, Dad, seems like there's a lot of other things that could be repaired around here. Like the house is the house that they were staying is just kind of falling apart. Well, but I actually I really like this epilogue because it's sort of like Grandpa Dave's ultimate like mm. redemptive arc. Yeah, me too. Because it's kind of it's it's this episode's got a weird tone where it's like it's kind of sad. Like, yeah, seeing, it's, a, it's a little more serious than you might think from the outset. Because uh, Grandpa Dave, it, it, it's sad to see someone as independent as Grandpa Dave sort of uh, – he's trying to reach beyond his means. Yeah. And he's just too old to physically work on the farm, but he's also like having trouble mentally keeping up with everything on the farm. Yeah. And so like Arthur's parents realize this too. And since they're older, they can sort of assess the situation right. quicker. And so it's it's really sad to see Arthur's mom be like – Oh, wow, like, Dad's not doing so well, like, taking care of this farm. But we get Grandpa Dave's full redemptive, redemptive arc because he, he finally accepts help yeah, from Ed, someone who is not a part of the Reed family. Ed, offer, Ed offers help one more time, and, uh, he, and he, you know, he get, he's about to give him the, this farm has been in our family for 150 years, and it's about time we got some decent help around here. So he finally does realize that, it, that he can't do it on his own. So, yeah, no, I thought that, that was a very heartwarming end, and then – you know, Arthur being like, can we stay for one more day? And, like, they still, even though they, they worked a little bit, they still had a the time of their lives at Grandpa Dave's old country farm. I thought that was a great end to the episode. Okay. So, Lucas, uh, let's start with Arthur's family vacation. What would you think? Uh, I, I liked Arthur's family vacation. And I, I liked it for similar reasons that I liked uh, the Grandpa Dave episode in that um, both these episodes have a very strong moral and it's also not like a tropey moral either. Usually the Arthur episodes that focus on a lesson, yeah. it's sort of a lesson that is tackled in a lot of other media. But they're two very unique lessons. For instance, I think the main moral of uh, Family Vacation is, hey, go with the flow. Yeah. If things aren't going the way you planned, just try and make the best of it and yeah. it'll all turn out okay, which is an important lesson for a kid to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean we see it with DW. When, th- when she thinks she's going to lose her shark – all hell break, breaks loose. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I liked that it was sort of like, yeah, just just go with it, man. It wasn't the funniest Arthur episode in the world or the yeah. most entertaining per se. But I think it, the arc makes a lot of sense. Like I didn't think the resolution came out of nowhere. Uh, I liked seeing Arthur learn his lesson. And I thought yeah, – I like road trips. So I thought it was a fun little excursion with Fair. the Reed family. Fair enough. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a fine episode, and uh, you know, there's some there's some funny parts to it, as I mentioned. I, d- I did kind of like thinking about my own experience with road trips, and uh, yeah, you're, that's a good point about it. There being kind of a different moral of kind of go with the flow. It just kind of didn't really click for me. Not a bad episode or like really anything to dislike. It just kind of didn't didn't uh, didn't work for me as much. Now I I think I actually have the the opposite opinion of Grandpa Dave's Old Country Farm. I love that episode. Like, I I think, first of all, I definitely prefer the animation in the second one as opposed to Family Vacation. And, and animation does kind of do something for me. It, it you know, it's a, if it's a certain type of animation, I'm, I guess I'm less uh, likely to be endeared to a type of episode like with the type of rougher one that's in family vacation and goes to camp like that's kind of sticks in me of like oh this episode isn't isn't all that good but which is a little unfair but it's just kind of a mixture of my childhood memories and just kind of visually seeing it i love the animation in grandpa dave uh 
I love the characters. I love Grandpa Dave as a character. He's surprisingly uh, nuanced for you know an Arthur character and one that is relatively minor. Doesn't show up very much. And I liked Ed. Like I liked him as a one episode character. And I thought that uh, that Arthur and DW also got some really good uh, some good time in here too. And you know, talking about it, I really like the development of Dave's character. I like the story around it. I kind of like the feeling of like nostalgia and joy it brings from like family vacations whereas they kind of had to find it in family vacation they already have it and they're trying to keep it in in grandpa dave's old country farm and i really i i kind of felt i felt the love i felt the love in that sense and i thought that they had a lot of great colors to work with in the animation because it was a more rural setting and uh all that kind of stuff i love the designs of everything i don't know i just really really liked that episode and like i would watch it again i thought it was funny i thought it was kind of touching uh it had like a a, a definite arc for its characters. Yeah, no, I just really enjoyed it. So I would tend to agree, and I would go as far as to say that I think on its own, Grandpa Dave has the best story as a whole of any Arthur episode we watched so far. And oh. what I mean by that is it is the best of any episode we've seen of telling a story with a beginning, middle, and an end yeah. and making every single piece make sense. And because of that, I was the most emotionally invested as I've been in, in any of these Arthur episodes because wow. the subject matter was serious. Like it was a really complicated issue. It's like the moral of that story is it's twofold, right? Because it's, it's different for the kids than it is for Grandpa, Grandpa Dave. Dave. Grandpa Dave's moral is learning to accept help when it's offered to you and not being – letting go of your pride and accepting help when it's needed. Which is hard. And the, the lesson for the kids is about understanding when someone's getting older and when they need help and, and when sometimes it's important to help others instead of you know going to the county fair or whatever. But like all the characters had a lot of time to breathe. Like we see this arc with the DW where she goes from just kind of caring that there's chickens in her room to feeling bad for her grandfather. Uh, and so there was a lot of like depth, like you said, to the characters. And I, and so it's not the snappiest Arthur episode. It's certainly not the funniest but it does, Arthur it does, episode. But it doesn't have to be. It kind of is kind of takes on the tone of. Life on the farm, just mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit more laid back than the city. That's a great way of uh, of putting it. Sort of a prairie home companion, mm-hmm. Arthur edition, maybe a little bit. But yeah, no, I think I'm glad that we both agree on that. And I would, uh, I think, for the season end countdown, that one is definitely going to rank in my top five favorite Arthur episodes. I'll tell you my biggest issue with this episode. Okay, and it was the fact that it was paired with the other one. Yeah, I think these episodes, it does both these episodes a huge disservice. Uh, by being squished together for a lot of re- it causes a lot of dissonance because I'm thinking like okay so like Arthur wasn't so hot on going to this rural he had to be sold on this rural vacation before but now he's like so excited to go to Grandpa Dave's is this because that's after this is yeah. is this because that's before I I sort of found myself kind of taken out of the episode and overthinking because they were squished together like this I think they would have been better better served. If uh, each episode was paired with a different one, right. especially Grandpa Dave. All right. And like, yeah, if, if all you would really have to do would be to like switch out the second episode of the second part of the next episode, put it in this slot and then put Grandpa Dave in with the episode, the first episode coming up next. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. Well, that's that's a that's a, I, th- I think I would agree with that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're really coming together on Grandpa Dave here. 
All right, so that is it. Arthur's Family Vacation and Grandpa Dave's Old Country Farm. I think we definitely recommend the second half, but of course, uh, I don't think you could go wrong by watching them back to back. Of course, it's only about 22 minutes, so you're not really wasting too much time as it is. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Elwood City Limits. We're just going to quickly tell you how you can keep in touch with us. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's where we put up funny screen caps. It's where we let you know when we're going to be recording and the status of each episode. Great picture up there of the Animal Crossing-eyed versions of the yeah, Arthur characters. Yeah, I found that surfing the net, and I thought that was really cool, uh, combining a an artist on Tumblr, combining the uh, designs of Animal Crossing with the characters of Arthur, and I thought that worked really well. Hey, an Animal Crossing Arthur game? I'd play that. Ooh, that would be good. Uh, and, of course, we post a new episode there. You can follow us on Twitter, at ECL Podcast, for more fun screen caps and retweets. Uh, you can send us email, and we'd love it if you did, to elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Whatever it is, constructive criticism, compliments, anything that you want to answer from previous podcasts or talk about, we will talk about it here on the show. Uh, maybe not the criticism part, but we will definitely take that into consideration for future episodes if you have anything to say. And finally, you can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash elwoodcitylimits. You can download from there if iTunes isn't your thing. But if it is, we are available on iTunes, and we always appreciate ratings and reviews. Please and thank you. And finally, next week, we will be back with another episode. This one I'm very interested in, especially, I'll say especially the first one, because next week it is Arthur and the Crunch Cereal Contest. No way! Way, yeah. Okay. Oh, you've definitely piqued my interest. Yeah, and DW Flips. When we originally, like, came up with the idea for this podcast, Arthur and the Crunch Cereal Contest is, like, one of those touchstone episodes that I still remember from my childhood, I'm, so I'm, I'm excited I'm as really well. looking forward to it, too. Like, I... I like, it's one of those ones where, you know, I saw So Long Spanky coming up in the next week, and I was just like, oh, man... I don't think that one's going to go well. And I look at this one, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to do this one. <laughs> so maybe predisposing it. I don't know. But all the same, very excited for it. I hope you are too. My name's Will Young. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Lucas, anything else to say? Gas chamber. Ah! For Lucas Mancini, this is Elwood City Limits. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll catch you next time. While Lucas is in the bathroom, uh, yeah, let me do some more. Uh, let me do some more banjo for you. Bow, 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 bow,